Hey, BSN listeners, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. As StravaCraft says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout. Keep an eye out in the coming days. That code may change, but you can get it shipped straight to your door. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Again, you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase until that code changes in the coming days. I'm Nathan Rudolph. With me is a sickly AJ Hayfley, but he's still trooping through, showing up to talk about the two preseason games over the weekend for the Avs. They split the home and home with the Wild. They got their first win of the preseason. AJ, I hope you're feeling okay and ready to talk a little hockey at least. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as long as as long as I have some semblance of a voice, man, uh, I'm always ready to talk hockey. Good to hear it. Can never get enough hockey talk around here. Let's start with Saturday's game. The Avs ended up falling to Minnesota 4-2-3 in that one in what was a mostly prospect-filled game as far as the Avs were concerned while the Wild iced a mostly NHL lineup. The big standout, I think, was Connor Timmins, pretty clearly. I thought he was probably one of the best players on the ice for the abs in that one ending with a very nice goal as well really a fun thing to watch for that kid uh i mean how do you not feel really good about him right now right exactly you know i mean we we started off with him in out in anaheim like we just want to see him be healthy yep and then he has consistently raised the bar every time he's played since then Pretty much where he goes from, hey, he's healthy. That's great. We'll see how he does and how he handles himself in uh, the AHL to he should just make the team. Right. Uh, If you're talking strictly about preseason performance, he should be a lock for the team. Obviously, there's a lot more going on there. Still hasn't played a regular season professional game, is coming off that injury. We know the Avs can't afford to be patient with things like that. So I think it's certainly not even close to a roster lock for him because of those things. But still, very, very encouraging. 
it's it feels great. I mean, you're you're talking about hey, you're either you're either putting this guy, you're rewarding him for great play during the preseason and putting him on your opening night roster, which you could very much make the argument that he deserves, or you're dropping him down in the AHL and saying, "Hey, we we love what we've seen. We just want to get him a little bit more seasoning and we, you know, we we feel that we want to give these veteran guys a longer look and if he goes down there and he continues to play that way and you know they the the depth guys that they do keep do struggle a little bit you can always just swap them right and you feel like there's there's confidence there now you know before the season it was oh what is Connor Timmons who who is he what is he you know and now you start to you're starting to feel a lot more comfortable with the idea that he is back to the prospect he was pre-injury. You know that that he has played fearless hockey. He has not shied away from contact. Uh, he's taken some big hits and just kept on going. Uh, the way that he has been playing, he still pushes the pace. It's still all intelligence. It's still all of that is still the good stuff. Exactly. The the intelligence factor has not faded one bit for him. And you can see that in in the smart plays he's making. I, I think that's what really stands out to me is that he is playing a full two-way game here. He's able to battle defensively, make smart plays on that end. Yes, he's still adjusting to NHL speed a little bit, but he's regularly finding ways to recover and, and play positionally correctly and then can walk down and still flash on the offensive side as well. Can he ever? Right. I mean, he scored a <laughs> highlight real goal. That's <laughs> the best goal they've scored in the preseason. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was uh, – and, you know, the what I what I like the most about that, you go back and you watch that goal, that's against NHL players. That's, that's their starting goaltender. That's – I don't know where Foligno fits into their bottom six of knuckleheads, but – An NHLer nonetheless. He's somewhere in there. So, you know, you you will have film of him against actual NHL players and not like this, like, mismatch. Like, you know, oh, well, it was like a low-end NHL roster. You know, like, that was mostly their NHL guys. Yeah, it was like 85% of their opening night lineup. So, and Like, the most of the guys that weren't on their NHL were on that defense. Yep. And so, you know, not you're not too... You know, Connor Timmons isn't going to be going against too many of their defensemen that often. Um, so seeing how he defended and worked and did all that stuff uh, against uh, actual NHL competition, it was encouraging. That's really what left me feeling like if if I'm basing it solely off of the preseason, he's making the roster for me. He would make my opening night roster just solely off of the preseason. Now, we know that those decisions aren't made in that vacuum and that those guys, you know, those jobs, I should say, those jobs are decided by lots of factors. Things like waivers come into play, contracts, NHL experience, all of those, all of those factors roll into it. But just based on play, got to love what Connor Timmons has shown. Right. He also led the abs in time on ice in that game by more than three minutes. I think he played 23 and a half minutes. So, and I think he had, uh, uh, the first game that he played where he, uh, where Byram led them in minutes. Uh, it was, 
I think he was second in that game in ice time, like just below 20 minutes. And the funny part of it was actual shifts. Uh, he had one. Uh, uh, Byram had one more shift than Timmons, but like four more minutes of ice time. Timmons has at least proven on a single game basis that his conditioning is, is fully up to speed, despite what he was going through during the summer. Definitely. Well, and, and this is where you actually, we, we don't even, not even talking about the summer, but this is where we're also talking about their caution at the end of last season paid off. Right. Because he essentially had starting in about February, he was pretty healthy. Yeah. And it was, it was mostly just they decided, hey, it's just not worth it. Let's just play this super safe, and we won't take any chances with his health. And we'll just see him next year. It's not worth the the month or two that we're going to get to see him play. For sure. You know, we'll call this just a loss, a lost season, but he was still training. He was practicing with teams every day, whether it be the Avs or the Eagles. He was still around. He was still on the ice, and he was still in full shape. And then he carried that over into the summer, and said, you know, he was here in Denver training with the Avs at least one week every single month over the summer. And so their whole approach to this, you have to give them some credit. They were really careful here. Uh, and you have to give Connor Timmons a lot of credit, too, because most players are just dying to get back on the ice. And he accepted that the organization had his best his best interests in mind. You know, long-term interest, his 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 health, and and his ability to contribute long-term. Obviously, that aligns with their own personal interests of the organization and winning and all that. But he accepted that and didn't push it. You know, you you have to know that it was frustrating for him to to be relatively healthy and not be able to get into the games, but to still be able to okay, this is fine. You know, I'm I'm buying into this. This is a program that I believe will work for me. And right now we're seeing it pay off. We're seeing that the organization and Timmons, they both exercised an appropriate level of, of caution. And uh, the, it's it's paying off for them on the other side of this in a situation where you could have absolutely tried to rush it because this is a top prospect. We really love him. We think he might be able to contribute to a good, you know, a long Eagles playoff run. We really want that. And they didn't do that. They avoided the the seduction of of winning in in favor of getting him healthy and playing the long game with him and i think that you have to give everyone involved credit for that it would have been easy to rush him back yeah connor timmons buying in looking healthy and appearing nhl ready i can drink to that so it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. I'm sure I've told you about a number of beers from them at this point, but the one I'm crushing on now is the Colorado Core. It's kind of a fusion beer. It's part beer, part cider. Build as a crisp, semi-sweet mm. apple blonde ale with a dry finish. Really I think I mentioned it. Yeah, we have a bunch of them sitting in the BSN office, and every time we go in there to record, I, I make sure to have at least one. So I, I really can get behind the the uh, the fruity beers that Breckenridge is putting out there, whether it's that one or the the strawberry sky that I'm sure you know about by now. So you can look for 
whether it be the Colorado Core or the Strawberry Sky or any other Breckenridge beer at your local liquor store. And also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We have all of our watch party events planned there. We'll be drinking Breck beers at them. So please come out, RSVP, have a good time with us there. While Timmons was on the good side, I do want to talk about the Wild at least a touch in this first game, especially because they were straight up gooning it up out there. Like I put on Twitter, man, this is who they want to be. This is the identity that they think they have to embrace to be successful this year. They want to be that tough team. You know, they they want to hit. They want to hit a lot. They want to they want to hit hard. They want to hit through you. And they want to play that physical game. And they want to try to physically punish you because they don't have the talent to outplay you. So they want to wear you down and they want to make it so that you don't want to play hard anymore. You don't want to you don't want to be committed to going out there on every show. Oh, geez. I got to go out there and these guys are just all three of these guys out here on this line are just going to lay the wood every time I get near the puck. You know, I'm just going to chip and change. I'm not going to deal with that. You know, they that's that they want to get into your head and that's how they want to play because they have the talent deficiency now. Then and this is this is their approach. You know, and I'm I'm curious. We haven't really seen Bruce Boudreaux teams have to do this in the past. He's always had such high skill teams that I'm curious to see how how they cope. Hey, look, if that's their identity, I get you have to do what you have to do to try and win games. But you're out here taking misconduct penalties in a preseason game. You're out here beating up on first round picks like Martin Kaut for no real reason. Come on, man. Yeah, the – what you feel about the the radio hit behind the net? Because I thought it's a little high, but it's totally legal. Yeah. You know, I, I never saw a great angle of it to see if he left his feet or not. It looked like he might have, but he's kind of behind the net, so I can't tell. Especially in a preseason game, I'm not going to complain about taking a two-minute minor for it, but that is never, ever going to be a hit that warrants a jumping. I can understand why they were defensive of Dumba specifically, because he had the injuries last year, and they're really hypersensitive to protecting him. And so I don't mind that part of it. Had somebody hit Connor Timmons like that, I, you know, had they hit him high like that, even with a legal hit, like hitting that dude high, you would have, we would have all been like, he knows, you know, it would have been, it would have been a lot uglier. And I, and I would have wanted AJ Greer to go beat that guy in the next week, you know, like, like, let's be honest, the situations were reversed. You want to protect the star player who's coming off of the injury, you know, who's coming off of, of the long-term injury where he missed most of last year. I got that part of it, but the rest of it, man, like it's a clean hit. And like, this is that dude's not making the team no matter how many times you punch him in the head. Right. And I don't mind the fight. It's the way the fight started is the yeah. problem. You know, if, if you come up and say, Hey, we're not going to take that. You got to go me fine. If you jump him from his back and start throwing punches before he knows what's even happening. No. Not going to fly. Right. Well, and that was kind of the, the deal with the, the couch stuff. 
You know, where like I saw Cal. Uh, yeah, he gave him he gave him that little cross check a little bit. You know, to that lower back area where it's you're yeah, you're right. real susceptible when you're on the ice to that. But that was a bit of an overreaction there, Chief. And and this was after the first altercation they had down in the corner where he straight up just took a penalty holding Cout's stick and shoving him away from the puck. Yeah. And it, it wasn't called, but yeah. Sealer was looking for something that whole game, and he just decided to drop Cout. Yeah, well, and then and then in the second game, he fought Renouf. Yeah, he uh, that was a one hundred percent staged fight. Where you're like, what are we back in two thousand and seven? Like, what are you guys doing? And I looked at I looked at the guys who were uh, the wild team employees who were sitting next to me in the press box, and I just kind of I was like, that was so pointless. Like, neither player just enhanced his chances of making the team based on that, right? He just decided to sit in the penalty box for a while. <laughs> just weird. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then it was like, oh, well, he has to, he had to answer for the hit on Dumbo. I was like, did he not already? <laughs> right. The, you know, it was like attacking the, our first round pick is pretty fine answer. It was, it was like the, it, uh, it was like the, the Steve Moore stuff, you know, where Steve Moore, it was like, oh, well, he has to answer for that hit. And like, he fought in that game. Right. He he answered for the hit that he laid on Naslin and then they they were still mad and so they were like, "Well, let's just go after him again." Uh, although, you know, that's obviously an extreme example and you know, Dan Dan Renu having to fight a, the the second game for the second time is just like, "What's what is what are you guys doing?" Also, don't fight Dan Renu if you're not good at it. <laughs> like you racked you racked up two assists and you otherwise played a decent game outside of blowing that backdoor coverage on the PK. Yep. But otherwise like solid, you know, and you know, kind of fell backwards into a two assist night, but hey, got him. Take it. Like you don't you don't also need to go out and try and and get punched a bunch of times to make the team. You're probably not going to. And even if you do, like you're a rotational guy. Right. We'll we'll get more into the second game of the weekend in segment two. But as we sit here waiting for Miko Rantanen to decide what tax bracket <sighs> he ends up in, there's a new alternative in Colorado for addressing your tax needs. Symbio Tax and Administration provides honest and knowledgeable tax services by a licensed professional for small businesses and busy families in Colorado. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and the guys over at Symbio are a proud BSN subscriber and a diehard Colorado sports fans. So it's even more of a reason not to go to one of those retail tax chains. You receive a free consultation so that you can make an informed decision based on your particular situation. Symbio has literally saved people tens of thousands of dollars with their expertise reach out to symbiotax today for your free consultation from a qualified tax professional and make an informed decision call 720-366-4470 or visit symbiotax.com that's s-y-m-b-i-o tax.com second segment of the bsn avalanche podcast with nathan and aj we talked about game one. We started getting into game two of the weekend, the Avs' first win of the preseason. Of course, it uh, just happened to not be televised anywhere. So unless you were in the arena, 
hard to really tell what happened. But Avs took the <laughs> yeah. W in a game that I would describe as the epitome of preseason. It was just a sloppy mess. Yeah, you know, there, there are people who are all about, like, oh, preseason is back and hockey is the best. And last night was like, this is AHL hockey. Yeah, it was not pretty. Every little play that seemed to have a fumble of the puck or or something that wasn't quite clicking. Right. It was just, it was hockey that was, it's lacking that certain level of intensity of there being yeah. something meaningful on the line. Right. So, you know, there's, there were a lot of scrums. Uh, there was a lot of nonsense. You know, Landy gets out of the box and immediately runs into a pack, jumps up and grabs yeah. a dude by the oh, face. Lasso and, tackles him, basically. Right. And like, you know, gets all he's like mauls Jordan Greenway like a Greenway by like a bear behind the net you know and it's just like uh, okay you know like what <laughs> this is a preseason game guys why are you guys getting your dander up for this nonsense you know and and like I get each team were throwing some big hits out there and and you start to get you start to work your way into all right well two points aren't on the line but our pride is and you know, pride comes before the fall. So I'm just glad nobody got hurt because they both teams were taking dumb runs at each other in a preseason game. Like your number one goal in the preseason before anything else, your number one goal, get out of there healthy. Did we confirm that Jost is okay then? He took a slap shot to the hand pretty late in this game. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see a practice tomorrow. Uh, we did the x-rays, but no results. And, Today, it being a day off, I keep I keep trying to catch a glimpse of him on the uh, at the at the golf tournament thing today, and I'm haven't hoping, seen I'm, him yet. yeah, and I haven't seen him yet. So you know, we'll we'll see. But that that's seeing the, the the hard part is is that there was there wasn't anything that he could have done. Like right, he he accidentally sure. blocks a slap shot from his own teammate because he's just standing in front of the net doing his job. Yep, you know, and that's. That's where they might have suffered an injury and not in all the silliness that, that took place, you know? Right. None of the big hits or anything like that. I do want to get back to Landy a little bit because I thought it was okay. a really weird game for him in that it was kind of a coin flip. Every time he stepped out on the ice, he was either clearly cruising or decided he wanted to be the best player out there. And it was just a stark contrast depending on the shift where he didn't seem to care or when he decided he wanted to try, he would skate circles around the offensive zone and do whatever he wants. Yeah, it was a good reminder that he's a very, very talented NHL player. Right. But he's not on that elite level. Yeah, he's he can't quite put it all together at the level of say of McKinnon or something right like where that. he's a dominant player yeah you know he's a very good facilitator for whatever line he is on he does good work on on both sides of the puck you know and he works hard but I thought I thought yesterday really was a very good this is why he needs those elite guys next to him right to kind of be that big, big, big producer like he was last year because he needs, he needs high level finishers to play off of the, the, the playmaking that he's able to do. 
Yep. And, you know, he obviously benefits from that happening at a high level with Rantanen and McKinnon, you know, who scored uh, 80 goals last year. Right. Between, you know, combined. So, obviously combined. Um, so, it, you know, it's Landy. I I liked a lot of what I saw, and I loved the shootout move. Yeah, that thing was a beauty. Because a lot of times he does the same thing, but on the other side, where yep. he goes way out right uh, to his, you know, on his on his backhand side. Yeah. yeah, on his backhand side, and then he cuts in front of the net. Uh, he cuts hard in front of the net and tries to put it underneath the blocker. That's how he regularly like that's that's a shootout move. And I thought he was just going to do the same thing on the backhand. And then he kind of did, but he threw in a little shimmy shake uh, with. Uh, yeah, it he really know, it was a awesome. really good commit. Like he could put all of his body weight onto his left side to fake that uh, the wrist shot. And stay luck bit and yeah. went down and it opened it up for he opened up the net and turned it into a little easy backhand flip. He did close out the game for him. Got to give him a little credit there. The other player that helped in the shootout was Nazem Kadri, who if you <laughs> saw him play in this game, you pretty much fell in love with him, I imagine. He's so good, man. I know. That I think the thing I liked the most in all of it, you know, the attitude and the hard working and the fact that he ran some people over I still don't know how he ended up with the the soul roughing penalty in that that big scrum that they had along the Avalanche bench. I I don't know how he ended up as the only guy who roughed somebody in that, but okay. Um, but it was the start of overtime. He wins the faceoff. He swings out wide. McCarr sees it. Hits him with a perfect stretch pass. And Kadri goes in and doesn't doesn't get cute, doesn't waste any time at all. Yeah. Just fires away on that and missed the shot. And that's frustrating because a lot of times when you come down on that wing and you miss, it hits the glass and it rims out of the zone. Right. And you're like, okay, like that sucks. But I like the attitude. I can't. I can't criticize Andre Burakovsky for missing the net and then give Kadri a free pass. Sorry, Kadri a free pass. Got to get that Canadian accent going thick there. The, it's the way he told us to pronounce it. I've got to break the year's habit of calling him Kadri. Yeah. He says it's Nazem Kadri. Kadri. So. I like you're from Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I. I loved, though, that he just stepped up and, and went bombs away on it. Really liked him in overtime as well. I, I think he does a great job of maintaining puck possession and creating quality chances in that regard. It's As you move down the lineup, you mentioned Burakovsky. Boy, given the chemistry we've seen of, of Kadri with Donskoy and you know, it's up in the air until Miko does get signed, but his fit in the top six has not become clear yet. Yeah, I'm worried. You just wonder. He's a guy that we talked all summer was brought in to 
take shots. And he ends up with one shot on goal in this game, missing the net numerous, numerous times on, on ones that you just can't afford it. I mean, just kept missing the net, man. Yep. Like, it was one thing for me to be frustrated with Kadri for throwing it wide in OT like that. Right. You know, but it's it's another thing for Burkowski had five shot attempts and four missed the net. Not good metrics there, eh? Right. And it's like, hey, look, like you, you care about shot attempts and throwing them. You know, you want to be shooting. But, dude, you have got to put that stuff on net. Like, it has to happen. Like, he just, he's, and, you know, it's it's a preseason game. It's early. He's still trying to figure everything out going on around him. Fine. I talked about this after the game as well, but the thing that frustrates with me is about once a game, you'll see him perfectly collect the puck, walk into the zone, fire it. Sometimes it goes on net. Sometimes it doesn't. But every time I see him do that, I'm like, great do that more and then he doesn't <laughs> he just stops doing it <laughs> yeah well and more than more than like uh, five shot attempts i'm happy with like sure on net not on net like m- if you told me walking in on any given night that i could get five shot attempts from andre burakovsky i'm rolling the dice with that absolutely i'm taking my chances but what i what I was really bothered by was the apathy. Yeah. When he had to fight for pucks, he wasn't skating hard to him. Uh, he was just sort of standing there and then he would reach. Right. And he would lose the battle and then he would not, he would not skate hard to get back defensively. I really don't want to come down really hard on the guy because it is the preseason and we don't know. We, you know, we don't know exactly what he's going to look like when the real lights come on in the regular season. And I really, I can't sit here and bang away that the results don't matter in the preseason and then drill the guy for his preseason results, you know? Yeah. So 100%, I will just say I've been disappointed in Burkowski's play. I know for sure he has a lot more to give and uh, hopefully when the games start to count, uh, you know his his play picks up quite a bit because I, I it has been disappointing. To this Look, point. there's two there's two preseason games left that you're going to see lineups on both sides that are a lot closer to what it's going to be on opening night. Yeah, preseason doesn't really count, but the last couple maybe count a little bit more than the rest. So hopefully we start to see that more to give coming up. We'll call the second segment there. We'll come back in the third segment with kind of the best and worst out of this weekend for the Avs, as as well as maybe looking ahead a little bit. But you guys have to check out Infinity Park the weekend of October 5th and 6th to watch the International Women's Rugby Sevens event and eat delicious international food while listening to incredible bands. Infinity Park is the only U.S. stop for this rugby series, and teams from around the world are participating, including the USA, New Zealand, Japan, Ireland, Brazil, Fiji, and even Spain. 
tons of other places as well. This series is crucial for athletes as they prepare for the 2020 Olympics. Guys, Rugby Sevens is a physically demanding game of speed, endurance, and intensity with some of the world's most talented athletes. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you will be blown away and highly entertained watching these women compete. What's even better is you'll be able to enjoy this with the entire family at an incredible price. Adult passes are only $20 and you receive another $5 off when you use code BSN5. Kids 12 and under are just $10 and 3 and under are free for the entire weekend. Visit Infinity Park at Glendale.com for all your information and grab tickets. That's Infinity Park at Glendale.com. Third and final segment of this Monday BSN Avalanche podcast with Rudo and AJ. I want to start off with the negative thing here first so we can end the show on a good note. Post-weekend, the Avs preseason power play is now 0 for 22, including going 0 for 8 on the Saturday game. Not pretty. I will give them a little bit of credit I thought the process was better on Sunday with more of the big guns in the lineup, but to still come away empty-handed, particularly an overtime power play to not score on. Yikes. <sighs> I don't think you have to say anything else. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? You know, and it's we're talking about this like it's a real problem, but... Uh... Some seriously great saves have kept the puck out, in my opinion. Like, Cout got absolutely robbed. Yeah, and absolutely. Like I said on Sunday, the process was better. Yeah. They were consistently getting those dangerous chances. Well, and, and I mean, in the four-on-three yesterday. Yeah. Kadri to Landy twice in front of the net where he just mistipped it, barely. Yep. And was like, Why is this force field in that front of that net on the power play, man? Yeah, it's just cursed right now. Right, like it just like the like the uh, the, the the basketball player, you know, who just keeps throwing up bricks after brick after brick after brick, and you're just like, come on, <laughs> you're bound to make one on accident eventually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and then once you make one, you know, you go on a heater. Right, then all of a sudden you can't miss. It's like they're gonna they're gonna score one and they're gonna go three for four in a game. Hell, it might even be opening night. Yeah, like, they're just saving it for the regular <laughs> season. You know, Matthew Kachuk is gonna get signed three days before the start of the season, and he's gonna roll in there, extra amped up on crazy pills, and he's gonna do something stupid and take a five minute penalty, and Colorado's gonna score four times on it. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Remember all that time we spent talking about it in the preseason? <laughs> you know, because the process was a lot better really yesterday. Was, yeah. And what I was really most encouraged by was the process with Gerard and Makar and manning the, the point. Both of them looked good and dangerous at times. Uh, it got better as the game went on. I think the first one, it was a lot of pass it to the D and they shoot it and half the time it still gets blocked or more than half the time really. But as it went on, you saw the distribution start to happen. They started working it down low and off of the guy in the middle, the bumper a lot more. And this thing started to open up. I really, really curious what this looks like 
when it is at full strength. You know, when Rantanen is back and McKinnon is, is playing in the game and they have Kadri and Landeskog and Makar on that top unit because right now there seems to be two ideas from their power play. Have the defenseman shoot it from the blue line and hope for the best. Yep. Or get it down low to the to the guy low on the wall, on the half wall, and have mm-hmm. him try and hit the guy in the middle for something quick. Yep. There's not a lot of, hey, we've set up the shooters to shoot, and we're going to move guys around, and we're going to get the goalie moving, and we're going to take away his eyes, and we're going to have this guy bomb one-timers. There's not a lot of that going on. A little bit, but not much. I'm curious what happens when they're at 100% and they have their full complement of nasty guys that can shoot pucks. Uh, theoretically, between McCarr shooting from the point, one-timers from McKinnon and Rantanen, and then Kadri, down, Kadri and Landeskog down low, you should be an unstoppable power play. Right. You're... You're looking at every single guy on the ice, and you have to respect the shot. If you can't get a 20% power play out of those guys, you don't deserve to be the power play coach anymore. Straight up. Put it out there. You hear me, Ray Bennett? And 20% is not even like, I'm not even like 30%, you know? Like, hey, you have to be number one in the NHL by a long way. But, you know, 20%. One out of every five, you should be scoring pretty easily. Uh, You're the top of the league. Right. Like with that collection of talent that they've they've given you, if you can't make that work, dude, you've got to figure something else out and you got to try a different system. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do expect, as you said, with McKinnon and Ranton and when we get there, they will probably look for that seam pass a bit more. The the talent, we've, we, we can already see that the talent of those guys alone papers over some some deficiencies in the system absolutely it does and on the other hand when it's hot i guess don't fix something that ain't broke right but yeah absolutely all right so away from the power play and i'm sure we'll talk about this tomorrow as well but Shane Bowers is straight up forcing his name into the conversation for one of these final roster spots. And it's not only is his play great, but Jared Bednar seems to absolutely love him. He does so many of the little things that he just looks like an NHL player out there. I mean, whoa. (laughs) You know, I mentioned over the summer that I thought Shane Bowers was going to be a guy Jared Bednar loved. And we might want to keep an eye on him. I did not think that Shane Bowers was going to push this hard for a job right away. Yeah. He's been really good. He really, really has. At doing all of the things that you need to do if you're planning on a bottom six role in the NHL. Absolutely. Dude, totally. Like, that's what's been most impressive. It's not... He's doing this one thing well, you know, because I've liked what Count and Greer have done in their preseasons as well, but I haven't seen the skill flash enough for me to feel comfortable saying, hey, they need to get jobs. I wouldn't mind seeing them get an NHL chance, right? but 
it, it's something that you need to continue seeing them grow with. Bowers looks ready today. Right. But the way that Bowers has played is if he does this in an NHL game, he's going to be an impact player. Yep. Like, I'm, I am of the opinion that right now their best bet for a fourth line is Belmar on the left, Bowers in the middle, and Calvert on the right. Why not? Especially with a still kind of shrouded mystery about what's going on with Colin Wilson and how healthy he is. Exactly. Not knowing, you know, we've got 10 days to opening night. Where's Colin Wilson? He hadn't, he hadn't practiced with the team yet. I mean, we saw him, he's out there playing golf right now. So clearly he's feeling well enough for that, but we need to see him, you know, if he's, if he's not ready, that opens up a spot. If Miko Ranton is not signed, that opens up a spot. And Shane Bowers, I mean, look, it's really, really difficult to say that you give it to guys who earn it. If any of those guys, you know, Kamenev, Greer, Kaut, Nachushkin, any of these guys that we've talked about, get a job over Shane Bowers. You're, if, if that happens based on what's hap- how these guys have played through four games, obviously, there are two games left where anything can still happen. But through four games, one guy has clearly separated himself. And in the eyes of Bednar, who just talked him up, yeah, you know, the normally reserved Jared Bednar last night, I thought he was excellent both nights. Excellent. Bigger, stronger, faster than he was last year. You could see his personality. You saw it right away in the rookie tournament. Involved every shift. He's a good player. He's a really good player. I really like what we've seen from him so far. He handles himself really well in a bunch of different situations, and I like him a lot. He didn't even talk that way about Kale McCarr when McCarr showed up. <laughs> right, and and you brought up a good point, too. This was a travel back-to-back where he played both games, whereas most of the guys in that Sunday game did not. And he still looked that strong. It was it was impressive. And he's forced his way into that conversation. And if some, something needs, he either needs to have an awful game or one of these other guys needs to seriously step up Yep, to push him off of that. Because right now there's no justification for Kamenev, Greer, Kaut, O'Connor, Dries, uh, Nachushkin, any of those guys to make their roster over him. Position be damned. Even as even as the thirteenth forward, Shane Bowers deserves that uh, deserves that spot over any of those other guys. Although, if that were the case, having Bowers go down and play in the AHL and having the other guy just sit makes more sense. I just think he has talked so much. Bedner is the he, he has talked so much in previous years about how performance will dictate ice time. And, you know, the guys, the guys who play the best in preseason and training camp and are the most consistent will get jobs. Okay. Prove it. Let's see. Let's see Bowers continue to get opportunities. Yes. Uh, He's certainly earned it at this point. And if he continues to play like this, you know what? He could be an NHL regular this year. Absolutely. Don't know if it'll happen, but looking promising. I mean, Bowers and Cout or Bowers and uh, Timmons. I'm sorry, were two guys that we were really excited for to watch with the Eagles this year, and have significantly surpassed expectations in the preseason. Yeah, straight up. 
they they have forced themselves into the NHL roster conversation just by playing very good hockey. And that's exactly how it should work with young players. If these guys show up and they're really good and you're just like, huh, okay, well, we're just going to give that guy the job. Then that's that's your system working the way you want it to. Yeah. You Everything know, if, about that feels good. <laughs> if 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 a, a, a veteran guy gets outplayed and especially one who has – you know, is is not a super proven NHL guy. Even a guy like Nachushkin, you know, who of course has NHL success five years ago to lean on. But if those guys get pushed off the roster because they get just significantly outplayed by younger guys, that's a good thing. You still have that depth. You know, it's not like those guys go anywhere unless obviously that you put them on waivers and they get claimed. But otherwise, you still have those guys. So this is the system working. This is what you want. You want your prospects pushing. You want your prospects outplaying them. And now it's on the coach to 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 put his money where his mouth is and say, "Hey, this guy earned the job." Yeah, he he outplayed him. It was obvious to everyone. He earned the job. I do imagine the jobs will be completely earned in the final two games of the preseason one way or another, but final thoughts here on, on kind of the weekend where the abs are at and what to expect as we inch closer to the regular season. Um, Jonas Donskoy guy. We hadn't even talked about, but he's awesome, yeah. man. Oh my God. What a monster. He and he and Kadri together look so freaking good right now. Yeah, it's silly. They instant chemistry. Whatever you do, you know, if Burkowski isn't working out next next to the big guns on the top line, whatever you do, just do not mess with Kadri Donskoy. Leave, leave him be, dude. Same thing, you know, same thing with Calvert and Belmar. Yeah. <laughs> Those cats are rolling real. They have instant chemistry. Leave them together, man. The pairs kind of sorted themselves out on most of these lines, and that's nice. Absolutely. And, and you know, we saw I, – I still think Gerard and McCarr is the best option. I would say Zadorov Johnson, but neither one of those dudes has played yet. So it's, you know, I don't, what are we going to do there? So it's uh, – final thoughts. Shane Bauer's really good. Donskoy Kadri, really good weekends. I really – I feel super encouraged about this roster as a whole and a lot of the additions over the summer, I feel are off to really good starts downside. Want to see more from Burakovsky. There's so we, we know there's a lot more than what he's shown. So we're, I'm confident we'll see it. It's just, can they get it consistently? Yep. And that's a good place to leave off. We will go more in depth on that forward positional battle tomorrow. We talked about Bowers today, but it's not completely over yet. There are still guys like Kamenev in there, possibly in the Chushkin as, as well as a couple of others. So you have that to look forward to tomorrow, but for today, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening. And as always, we will talk to you again soon. 
In need of a top dog electrician? For over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303 303- 646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call.